Hi, and welcome to another edition of Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. I'm Jan. I'm Ren. And I'm MC. And today we'll be discussing this episode of Breast World. So we started off this one uh, right after Vixen left her very teary, emotional, whatever exit. That no one understood, not even not even the people there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she left a very cryptic note, and everybody was like, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. Is this shady? Probably, but... Basically just said, fuck you, Eureka, in very cryptic language. Right, as Monet pointed out, you know, translating from the Vixen, but yeah. Uh, but Monet was not, I mean, she was not having it, which was good. Yeah, yeah. the, the whole room feels different now without her there, and yeah. I, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I made a, a number of notes through the entire episode where it felt like just everybody was getting along. There was actually a sense of camaraderie. I mean, Asia later talks about the fact that even though it's not RuPaul's best friends race, it sort of is because everybody was kind of supportive to one another in different ways or trying to be. So, yeah, now that the the issue of Vixen is gone and there's not this constant, like, literal walking cloud of negativity it's actually people are getting along and there's some good stuff going on so but we did have aquaria being a little bit delusional about oh i don't think i was in the bottom and it's like bitch you were in the bottom <laughs> yeah so not yeah. even a little delusional i seem very delusional she was just like on another planet where she was actually you know so close to have one and it was just by some fluke that she didn't yeah, she's apparently been drinking, you know, Donald Trump bottled water or eating Trump steaks or something because it was crazy. It was just, and everybody was giving her the side eye, which I thought was actually pretty funny because it was just like, no, I wasn't in the bottom three. It just, oh, they didn't really critique me. And I was like, no, they did. Um, and Asia was actually being mature and saying that she saw that the lip sync was a, a good wake up call for herself that, you know, she didn't want to be in the bottom, but she gotten there and it was good for her to actually experience it and realize I don't want to be there again which I thought was you know positive and mature and just you know a very good way of handling that and um Cameron even having one is still kind of not is seemingly laconic that Cameron won so mm -hmm. I don't know it's, it's more kind of sad now because everything she yeah. does she feels that that she's doing her best but you know it's not going to be good enough and so she's already like written you know that she's gone even you know if she's safe or if she was going to win and that right that has to be really hard to live with in real life yeah it actually i mean it may be sad because when she finally came out with the you know mentioning that she actually does a really good share imitation this was a strength but she was afraid to say anything because she didn't want to jinx herself it was just like oh honey you know and she seems like a really sweet person and i think you know later on especially when we get to untuck the fact that the stuff she was talking about with her family is very it explains a lot but it still makes me sad because she is a very talented queen and she should, you know, not that she has to be the Aquaria levels of ego, but at least, like, be proud when you win something. You know, she it was yeah. a well-deserved win. Um, so uh, Asia called Aquaria on her delusion and actually said there was not good sportsmanship. And that actually will come up again later because Aquaria made some decisions that were seemingly not like Aquaria. Uh, but it wound up working out. Um, so this week, our guests were Alana Glazer and Abby Jacobson, who are from Broad City, which is uh, a Comedy Central comedy show that I've watched on occasion. A friend of mine uh, talks about it all the time. He loves it. But Yeah, but Ru Ru RuPaul's part of the cast in that, so. Yeah, I didn't realize that until they made the jokes later on about Marcel. So I guess Ru plays Marcel. Because <laughs> the episodes I've seen have only been like the two of them. Yeah, it's just this past season. 
let's pick it up from from the workroom for day one. When go into the workroom. Yeah, yeah. When they're with everyone shading Aquarius ego. And Aquaria not knowing who Michigan J. Frog is. Yeah, I just thought that was the funniest thing in the world that, you know, uh, Asia likened Aquaria to Michigan J. Frog and everybody knew, including I don't know pop culture cracker. And Aquaria's like, oh, that was before my time. I don't know it. But uh, Michigan J. Frog is such a, an iconic cartoon character. He's on the W. He used to be the mascot of the WB. Well, this is what makes it really funny is that they were talking about Mich- Michigan J. Frog as the mascot to the WB, and that is the modern reference of Michigan J. Right. Frog, because Michigan J. Frog is from one of the most classic cartoons of all time. It's timeless. It's been around forever. One Froggy and, Evening, yeah. But, yes. One Froggy But I can understand Aquaria not knowing the reference from the WB, because I actually right, but- looked it up. Aquaria was five when the WB went off the air. Yeah, and remember, her parents weren't cool enough to, to, you know, have her watch Animaniacs and stuff like that on it, so she would probably have totally missed it. Yeah, and obviously, because she didn't go to college, she didn't, you know, go and spend, you know, entire evenings watching, you know, uh, Warner Brothers shorts for six hours at a time or whatever we used to do back in the the Dark Ages. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because that's really where I learned about Michigan J. Frog in college when we used to have our Warner Brothers cartoon nights, so... I love watching cartoon shorts, and One Froggy Evening is one of my favorites. Oh, it's it's one of you know it's one of those seminal you know animation Chuck Jones things ever you know yeah. yeah. So it was really funny, but they were right that you know it was a, it was a good analogy. So thank yeah. you, Asia. And then we randomly got uh, a Stephen Colbert. Uh, speaking of college, uh, <laughs> we had a Stephen Colbert appearance. Uh, for those who don't know, Ren and I actually went to the same university as, as Colbert, and he actually got, he transferred to the school of the year after I graduated. So I did not ever cross paths with him. I don't know if it's like so, so random because I mean, yes, we, he just randomly appeared on the TV announcing things, but he turns up in the challenge. So. Right. And also Rue, I know Rue has been on his show a number of times and he seems to be a genuine fan. Um, that was why Rue got to be the uh, the Emmy Award, wasn't it? When when Colbert hosted the Emmys, the other yeah. was it Emmys, Oscars, Emmys, Emmys, uh, yeah. a year or so ago. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those award shows that Colbert hosted, and Rue got to be the actual statue, which was kind of yeah. cool. And his drag voice is good. Like, yeah, sometimes I forget that Stephen Colbert is actually a pretty good performer. Like, you know, I don't really like. Uh, you know, he's working as a late night host now. And when he was being like the Stephen Colbert conservative guy, I forgot. It's like, oh, yeah, that's an act, an acting job. And so. Yeah. And from what little I know about him at Northwestern, he was a, going through a, a very serious actor phase at that point where he walked around with like a beard and a pipe and was only doing like hardcore uh, acting stuff at that time, not. You know, he wasn't actually doing comedy. I think he's, he got into improv after he graduated and, and joined Second City and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, he he was once upon a time, I think he was a serious stage actor. So, yeah, he was and I have, well, get out. And I have seen a picture of him in drag. That I have yeah. not done. I, uh, think I, I think on YouTube, if you look up uh, Stephen Colbert and RuPaul, I think RuPaul appeared on the show to promote All-Stars. Oh, I want to say All-Stars 3 and... Uh, Stephen showed off a picture of himself dressed up in drag, and, and one of his brothers thought it was Stephen's really hot girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it's also, I, I think it's interesting that 
you know, now that VH1 is behind this, they're, 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 the level of people that are showing up as guest stars are just like doing little cameos, whether it's Alex Trebek or, you know, Nancy Pelosi or Stephen Colbert. Or just you know, there's, there's more star power than it used to be back when it was shot in Rue's Garage for season one. So, <laughs> you know, it's come, the show has come a long way. Um, so, yeah, so Stephen introduced the mini challenge-ish, uh, which was called Pants Down, Bottoms Up. Uh, courtesy of Rounder Bum Underwear, um, just to put in the plug there. And, and it's basically, it's the uh, yearly, the girls are so hungry for dick that Rue's <laughs> going to throw them a bone. They're just so fucking hungry for dick. Oh, pit crew. <laughs> I can't blame them. I mean, they, they those guys, you know, they may not have been anybody that would be interested in, in ladies. I don't know. But they were all a nice selection. You know, as Eureka said, it was a nice buffet of, of hunky boys. So I found it really hard to pay attention to that challenge because I like bottoms. On, you know, I like boy bottoms. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, are they over already? <laughs> well, in, in terms of the pit crew, I actually think there's a good number of them who are... There's, there's a good... Um, gender preference spread within the pit crew because it's not like a requirement that they be gay there have right, been just several models yeah. st- there's straight uh pit crew members they never they tend to never do anything for me uh honestly i'm more attracted to the queens than i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm 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 really queer in that i, I like my boys to look like girls um but you know i understand i understand it especially because and cracker said this on review with a jew they've been in isolation for six weeks at this point right so they're just like they need it they need it (laughs) bad yeah i i mean for me it's just like i I appreciate nice athletic bodies on you know men and women and they're you know some of the guys were just not my type and some of them were like Oh, hello. You know, just, yeah. but just from a visual, you know, we're not objectifying them nope. much. Um, <laughs> and no, we are objectifying them because that was exactly what the whole point of this game was. Yeah, I mean, well, like, even Rue was so thirsty. Well, you know, we saw that both Asia and Aquarius, oh, sorry, Asia and Eureka especially, were just like eyes glazing over and, what? We're playing a game? I just thought I was looking at man butt here. <laughs> yeah, Eureka was very, very much the, the wolf of the Warner Brothers cartoons with the chin dropped and the eyes bulging and you hear the arooga, arooga, arooga every time, you know, someone dropped them. Yeah, yeah and, and Asia was close, so, yeah. yeah. Every time uh, one of these games comes up, I always think of uh, Alyssa in Season 5 when they did a very similar challenge, and uh, Rue said, you're not winning here, and Alyssa's like, oh, I'm winning, I'm just not getting any matches. <laughs> well, that's what Rue said was to Monet, the same thing. It's like, gee, are you stretching this out, you know, so that you don't have to make a match and you can keep looking? And Monet's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> So it was cute. And so it was basically concentration with yeah. bottoms, which, hey, if you're going to play it, it sure beats those cards that we used to use when we were like little kids um, with all the little shapes or, you know, leaves or whatever the heck it was. Um, so there's not much we can say about it, just that it was fun and funny. And Aquaria won. Aquaria was cursed with the mini challenge win. Because uh, it's this kind of challenge where you end up in control of, like, the entire performance and everything, like, casting everybody. It's kind of a curse. It is. I mean, you know, it, it, if you think about going even 
as recent back as uh, All Stars when they were doing the, the Black Swan whatever thingy. And Morgan was in charge. It was like that was actually what got Morgan off the show because she cast people badly, including herself. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in terms of the mini challenge itself, I mean, we didn't really, we just saw a couple of fun matches. So we don't know how many Aquaria did. So congratulations, she won whatever so then we got to our main challenge which is breast world which is of course a parody of the hbo show westworld so uh, ew, well no it wasn't a, yeah. it was it was using the name because it was a clever name but it was a parody of the love boat yeah it was totally love robots. yeah that too it was totally love boat. yeah well except we have the love boat with the westworld robots except you know an occasional murder of said robots but yeah um and yeah so query got the the got to assign roles and cracker was desperate for a win and aquaria as i said earlier she took in what asia said which surprised me when they were talking about like sportsmanship because aquaria suddenly became very very you know egalitarian and wanting to let people pick what they wanted to pick rather than being in charge because she was saying she wanted to have good sportsmanship so it was it came out of kind of nowhere but it was nice to see that she at least listened and tried to take something in it's nice. I mean, I'm glad she's being nicer, but it, I think it's the wrong place to be nicer. Because right. like, when you're actually casting these kinds of things. Um, and I also think that just doing it based off the um, descriptions is probably not the best way to do it. I think they need to read yeah. through the script first. Before they decide which characters they wanted. Yeah, well, that's what Asia was saying. And Asia was like dead on. And then, you know, when Ruth started asking, when we... Because we then got the walkthrough once all the roles were assigned. And Rue was asking Aquaria about strategy. And Rue actually gave good advice and said, that's, you know, like, you should be worrying about you and not worrying about, you know, do you want to be liked or do you want to win? Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously Aquaria is hungry for it. But she suddenly had a moment of, well, I want everybody to like me too. Even though she wasn't admitting it at that moment. So, um so then Rue kind of did his walkthrough through, um, and next he, uh, we saw Monet in a lace front wig. No more pussycat wig. And oh, Rue is just vehemently against those pussycat wigs. It's like every time there's a walkthrough done, it's like, you gotta be wearing a pussycat wig today? You better not wear a pussycat wig today. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to think, like, pussycat wigs are to Rue what green is to Michelle Visage. So. Could be. You know, I would, I would cut kind of like at some point for Monet to wear like this gigantic, you know, like bigger than Alaska hair, but then pull the Roxy Andrews like wig under wig and just pull it off and have a pussycat wig underneath. <laughs> that would be trolling rules so hard. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I've noticed in um, Monet's uh, video that you know and stuff she she just likes those she she likes the short hair so that's what she does it's her yeah it's her aesthetic you know but it was nice to see her in big hair though if eureka is always wearing that goddamn loaf on the head i don't have right. a problem with the scat wigs yeah and like but this this lace front was really nice it was, it was nice gorgeous it was. And she looked fabulous um and then there was uh, advice to eureka which i didn't make any notes on well there wasn't uh, really anything rue yeah. didn't really have anything for her and eureka was overconfident yeah it was, but, yeah. You know, it was very much you must break through and stand up but it's like well that's kind of what eureka does naturally anyway so yeah yeah um you know and then she talked to asia a little bit and um asia just kind of talked about knowing that she needed to to push herself and they talked a little about the character that asia was playing uh which was paris salen um and asia likened 
the character to, I guess, her aunt, her very conservative aunt, and kind of got the character, but they talked about the mistakes Asia has made in acting challenges in the past, and I, I think Asia listened well um, in terms of what she was doing there. So uh, Then we got to Cracker, and I have no notes about Cracker. Basically, either. it's Cracker needs to step it up. Cracker needs to get out of her head and just yeah. just do the thing without overthinking it. Right, and it's okay to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is power, we told her at one point. Yeah, and, and I think we've seen that a lot with Cracker. I mean, I think Cracker, as we've said, suffers from a little bit of the Pandora box syndrome where even when she's fabulous, everybody just doesn't quite get it. And whereas we do, because we like the quirkier, funnier queens, but yeah. um, they expect a lot from her too. And she, she has kind of like faulted on the, the acting challenges. She's not as funny as she yeah. should be. So, but yeah. I, I, I was happy because there's only six people left um, that Rue was giving some real, real time to people, at least on what we saw of it. And there was genuine pep talking and genuine advice rather than just kind of like, oh, what are you doing? Okay, that's nice. I got to go with 47 other people now. So we're starting to see Rue like spending more time with people and getting a little bit more, um, you know, feeling about everybody. Uh, and then we went to the actual filming of the challenge uh, with Ross and Michelle. Okay, can I just say this outright? Um, this was a horrible script. Yes. yes. Fuck, it was fucking horrible. And the way they were directing it was horrible. I feel really bad for all of these girls because there was no way that they were going to get anything good from this because it was just bad. Yeah, it was not a good script. And I think the people that, that shown just made their own decisions and did them well. I mean, at least from what we saw on screen, we don't know what was said. Well, you know, that was left in the cutting room or wasn't done on camera. But um, I think a couple of people did actually do great jobs and other people kind of just were there, you know, and it was hard because it was a hot mess. <laughs> Behind the scenes from review with a Jew, Rue is there when they're doing that. Oh, wow. wow. She's, yeah, uh, right behind, you know, and to the side of Ross and uh, Michelle. Michelle is Rue sitting with his hands folded, looking like a Bond villain, basically. <laughs> oh, intimidation much? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so no yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That would that would put me off immediately. So, uh. but yeah, I did not care for the script and I did not think. Well, I mean, like Michelle talking about you need to give us the feels. I was like, there's no way you can get the feels from the script. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the speech of Muffy or whatever the character was. I mean, I thought Cameron actually did a decent job given what she was working with. I mean, granted, she's not like a stellar actor, but. She said what was was there and said it the way it needed to be said. I'm not sure what Michelle expected or how Michelle would have reinterpreted that part to give us more of the feels. I guess she was expecting in a Royal Shakespeare company. You're not going to get that out of a bunch of drag queens. Yeah. yeah. Well, occasionally you have somebody who actually studied theater. Well, yeah. And might and, and might be doing better, but yeah, it was just everything was a hot mess. Um, especially Eureka. Especially Eureka not being able to say Ivy Winters. How can you Ivy Winters. Winters? Ivy Winters. Like, how do you not know that? <laughs> yeah. I, I did notice that poor Cracker, when she tries to psych herself up, she quotes American Beauty. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. You, this house is not going to sell itself, right? Yeah. It's, uh, um, I will sell this house today. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
that thing. Uh, poor Cracker. Yeah, and yeah, I felt really bad for her. But honestly, like the whole rehearsal just some people were doing better than others but it was just a mess and I was like I was cringing and it was very hard for me to watch it yeah I watched it but my notes are so sparse because it was basically like you know Cracker Neurotic Eureka has issues Asia good Monet good Cameron is struggling and Aquarius better than expected let's see how this turns out so. yeah well yeah I think then we can, we should just move on if we've got yeah exactly yeah so then it, yeah it was just like kind of a hot mess and we'll talk about the final product when we get there yeah, so then we went to the workroom as they were getting ready for their Silver Foxy runway. Uh, and Eureka immediately made a big misstep by wanting to be a classy old lady as compared to, you know, being something campy or silly. It's her at age 50, or sorry, not age 50, in 50 years, so I guess she'd be, what, 77. So, yeah, and she, it was just like, I was just like, no, girl, no, you you should know better. But Well, I think she could have pulled it off if she... Had some interesting stuff underneath that coat. That coat she had on the runway was beautiful. Yeah, we we will talk more about that once we actually get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a good concept, but it just, the execution was not happening. And um, Aquara actually surprised me because they started talking about age, you know, getting older and then talking to older queens. And Aquaria, like, shocked me just in terms of the fact that she's not as shallow as she comes off sometimes they're saying she was friendly with a number of older queens including amanda lapore and that how you have to actually learn from older people because they actually impart knowledge and stuff which is not something i hear from a lot of people in that age range even back when we were in that age range it was basically like old people don't know anything they're lame go away we know it all so i honestly it doesn't surprise me because aquaria is the type of queen that i think in 10 years would be really fun to hang out with and i think yeah. somebody as young and vital as her i think how queens like um in new york um that are that are older and people like amanda lapore are you know want to have that connection to you know the newer generation and you know they recognize that this is this fledgling queen that is going to be taking over someday so they want to you know like you know impart wisdom and it's somebody to help you know um i know a lot of older people who like to hang out with younger people because it's like it makes me feel a bit younger to you know like hang <laughs> I don't out know anybody nope. i don't know anybody who would do that no 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 never <laughs> nope <laughs> sorry anyway i did not mean to cut you off so yeah it's okay um yeah, yeah i think uh yeah you know for our listeners i'm 20 years uh younger than the other queens of a certain age uh the ladies of a certain age on this podcast so <laughs> yes we're definitely of a certain age mc not quite as much but yeah. not not quite aquarius age either so no. um but yeah but i just I, I guess sometimes i discount aquarium more than i ought to so i was just I, impressed i you know i still am not in love with her and i still don't want her to win but she's given me more insight there's actually a little more depth to her than she first showed off when she first came on the scene. But and, it, it's, it's a small amount of depth, though, because if she's hanging out with these old ladies, she should be learning from them. She should be learning the history from them. It's not just, you know, how to do the looks or whatever. She needs should be learning the actual history of the whole movement and the whole drag movement and things like that, which she is very shaky on. I think part of that is being 21. Could be. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. she'll catch up eventually. I, um, I thought it was really interesting them talking about dating as a drag queen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
things that you know th things you learn because you're you're not part of a group to you know you're in part i thought it was interesting also the only person has a partner or boyfriend right now is cracker everybody yeah. else is single so uh you know because some some sometimes people come on and they do have partners so everybody's single so you can imagine what the cruising is like there especially if they've been sequestered for six weeks <laughs> It's like, how many, you know, band camp hookups did we have here? Uh, um, well, I don't think we have many because uh, in terms of at the hotels, they're not allowed to, like, socialize with each other at the hotel. They actually, oh, they know. put they put tape on the doors to make, they lock people in and tape the doors ever since uh, the issue with uh, Willem in season four. So Wow. Yeah. That would freak me out. <laughs> well, yes. No, it would freak me out, too. But that's why we're not going to go on Drag Race. One of the many reasons we're not going to go on Drag Race. Right. Including, I mean, or any of those, that kind of uh, competition show. Yeah. I, that would be, that would, like, do my head in in, in big, big ways. So, um, then Asia was talking uh, about how, even though it's not, you know, RuPaul's best friends race, it really is in some ways. Because they were just talking about family and making friends and connecting with each other. And as we said earlier, now that the Vixen is gone, I mean, granted, Asia did try to mother Vixen. It just suddenly feels like this weight has been lifted and you're seeing a lot more, at least, friendships and, and interpersonal stuff going on in a very positive way, which is nice to see. Instead of just, you know, considering this series, this season started with all this freaking drama and them trying to pit people against each other. The fact that the remaining six are kind of bonding with one another is, is a good thing. So. Remember in episode one when they tried to make Aquaria versus Ms. Cracker happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. It feels like a million <laughs> years ago. It does. Like Fetch, that's not happening. <laughs> Stop trying to make Eureka versus Cracker happen. Uh, Aquaria versus Cracker. Yes. Coming soon to the WWE. Uh, um, but do we want to get to the runway? Yeah. Because the next thing we saw was the actual runway. Um, so uh, when Rue came out, I thought Rue looked absolutely stunning. Oh, she looks like amazing. a trophy. Yeah. But it was a beautiful, beautiful dress and it fit right and it wasn't too, you know, frou-frou or whatever. She just looked like a zillion billion bucks. I, I just thought she looked fabulous. So, um, gold plated. Yes. <laughs> Silver plated. Uh, I don't know. She was, she was uh, her sterling personality. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, and then we got to see Ross Matthews, which we knew was going to be there. And then Alana Glazier and Abby Jacobson from broad city. And the first person who came out was Miss Cracker. And, and she came I, up purse first. Yep. Yes, she did. Because, Who's her drag mother? Yeah. Bob the drag queen. I thought she looked good. I liked the whole Miranda Priestly Devil Wears Prada look, but I would have liked to have seen her a bit more wrinkled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The but makeup I, could have been a little better. Yeah, the only thing I was thinking, because that sort of crossed my mind, and I was thinking, but would, you know, these Upper East Side ladies, and that was definitely like the vibe there, they go for plastic surgery and stuff, so maybe they'd be a little tighter than you would expect. But yeah, yeah. I loved, I, I put down like very Miranda, um, Helen Mirren meets Miranda Priestly, um, and very Upper New York City, Upper East Side matron. Yeah, I, I think there could have been some more makeup work done to maybe look, if you didn't want to do wrinkles, make the face look a bit tighter. Like you could do the whole, um, I know Miss Fame does it, where she pulls back her face. And yeah, with the she could have done stuff, that yeah. like a little tighter than usual just to really like 
get I think Nicole Kidman when I of her really yeah that, that whole Botox like yeah facelift look that actually would have been great um, and I also I, I was trying to look at the purse and see what the detailing was because it almost looked like there might have been Barbie dolls oh, in the little um, photos I know what it was uh, okay. it was a fake like New York Times and okay. it had pictures of everybody from her drag family on it so it had like Monet and it had uh, Bob the Drag Queen and uh, Cracker's got a drag daughter so it had all of the members of the, the drag queen uh, family on it. Oh that's so. awesome. The, the House of Bob. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah no that was because I, I just noticed it and I love the first per the purse first thing because you know it's just like you know tip of the hat to mom um and then uh, then we had asia who came out as sort of the jamaican colored showgirls with the braids and i was not crazy about that look i thought she kind of looked like a pluck parrot or something it just there was something off about it what was off about it is that it did not look at all like asia asia does some pretty out there looks but they're always very polished and this felt not like that. Yeah, and she had to uh, explain why she was a mess. Yeah, you know, right. and then if you have to explain it, then obviously it's not coming across to the judges or the audience. Right. The only thing that I actually liked is I thought from an acting point of view, I mean, she kind of had that like shuffly, like stiff legged walk. It's like physically, she embodied somebody older, but I just thought the the look was awful in general. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like Asia, if she wanted to go for that sort of look. For her, I would have probably gone for more of a um, whatever happened to Baby Jane look, where it looks like you've like put makeup on just over old makeup and just like kind of, you know. Oh right, just, yes, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know exactly. What I'm just I'm laughing and thinking. Well, is that out of like everybody's pop culture purview these days? On which it shouldn't be because you know whatever happened to Baby Jane used to be one of those like really big like queer icon movies that everybody always quoted. And I, I think it might not be in their sphere of, of knowledge anymore. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I, defi gardens, but. I definitely think with her uh, pageant background, that's that um, this kind of, you know, aged, you know, beauty, you know. Yeah. Or even like the whole Norma Desmond thing, you know, where. You just, yeah. Another good reference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when you're the you're old diva who hasn't quite figured out that she's 90 years old and not you know 25 anymore because that would have been cool um then next we got monet and a pussycat wig except except she was balding underneath it with the ivy bottles and her you know saggy titties down to her knees i'm, I'm sorry tits don't sag that far i know it's for committed value but it was it just this bothered me <laughs> it didn't bother me but it was it was like i think what Rue was saying later on in terms of it, you know, what works in a nightclub doesn't necessarily work on that runway. So yeah. it was, it was over too over the top for that particular arena. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. I thought it was campy. I thought it, it doesn't surprise me that Monet did something like that. Um, and the pussycat wig did not bug me at no, all. Because either. one, the pussycat wigs don't bother me in general, but also because the runway is supposed to be them in 50 years so right. Monet in 50 years gonna be a pussycat wig right and also I, I like the fact that it was actually sparse so it looked like she'd been losing her hair and you know so there was the, there was you know it was kind of like radial either radial pussycat wig in 50 years or my hair's falling out so I'm wearing it like a pussycat wig so that mm -hmm. worked for me and I like the IV bottles and the fact that there was actually liquor in there and you know there, there's some nice touches I think it was a little too over the top for that 
that that venue. But yeah, the titties bothered me. Yeah. Also, because yeah. she had the top, and then they were falling down. It's like there was a better way to do the saggy boob thing. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I think did. the matter was because it looked like they're just like on two strings. And it's sort of yeah, hanging down. I would have because you know, with actual breasts, you know, the, it's more thicker. If they even if they hang down to your waist, it, it's still there's some thickness all the way down, as opposed to just being like a real thin. Yeah, yeah. It looked like kind of silly putty, just yeah. like hanging over yeah. her shoulders. Um, yes, yeah, silly putty beanbag boobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we got Aquaria, and I wrote no, nope. just no. Yeah. Oh god, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I get it. She's twenty one. She doesn't think that she's ever going to be fifty years older. But, yeah, it was just bad. It was, like, the hair was silver, and that was the only thing that was really going on. I right, and I, the, I thought the, the stretched earlobes was kind of like a nice touch. It was the one thing. Everything else was just... I wrote down, it looked like basically 90s model heroin chic in 50 years with no real changes, you know. And even the makeup. If she was going to go for that, like, heavily tattooed look, she should have made the tattoos look wrinkled and faded because... That's what happens to tattoos on older ladies. Yeah, it, it just, it, it was a terrible execution and it was all over the place. And also, I couldn't figure out if she was supposed to be naked or if she was because of all the like tattooed, like, you know, body yeah. stocking stuff or whether she was supposed to have clothes on. I think that's part of it too. If she was wearing like a dress or even a house coat and then you saw the tattoos, maybe. But it was like I said, it looked like 90s model heroin chic, you know. Only supposedly older, and the makeup. Her makeup was like too modern too. She and not aged enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just it was a hot mess. And also, where was I, I wrote down? Where is Aquaria? Like we didn't get any essence of Aquaria there. At least I didn't nah. feel that it was her. It was yeah. just like some random theoretical older lady in the future. Um, and then Eureka and somebody, one of the judges, made a joke that, about Renee Taylor, and she really did look like Renee Taylor um, from the neck up. But it was a great outfit, but it didn't say old. It didn't say anything. And I felt like she was trying to do the same kind of vibe as Cracker, only it, like it didn't work. It a, yeah, it didn't work. It was a mess. So it was it was mad. It was like okay, I guess, but you look nice, but it does it doesn't work for what she was trying to do. Yeah, it she didn't did look nice. Sell anything, and I love the coat. Yeah, but the, I mean, the coat was fabulous, but it's one of those things where you can't, if it's that kind of specific challenge, you can't say, well, I'm going to build my whole outfit around this coat because I want to twirl in it. Unless she was going to do something where she, you know, I mean, I, she's been in London and she just did this like really phenomenal like Harry Potter cosplay photo shoot at uh, Platform 9 and 3 quarters. If she had done something like looking like, Minerva McGonagall or something, you know, an old witch, you know, but with a fabulous coat. That might have worked, but just whatever she was doing, it was kind of a mess. And yeah, she kind of looked like Paula Dean on, I don't know, on drugs too. I don't know. <laughs> it was just bad. Uh, and lastly, we had Cameron, which was like absolutely wonderful. Props to the prosthetics. Yeah. It, it's funny because Eureka looked like Renee Taylor, and I thought Cameron kind of looked like whoever played Renee Taylor's mother on The Nanny, who I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, um, oh god, it's the same one that played Millie on Dick Van Dyke. Anne Morgan uh, Gilbert? Yeah, Anne yes. Morgan Gilbert, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She looked like Yetta from um, The Nanny. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was, yeah, that, and also I, I like the shtick. I just like the fact that there was comedy, that she yeah. had a story to tell on top of looking fabulous to begin with, but then she took the pills and she's dancing around she's doing the sidekicks and it was just, it was good. If her, 
yeah, if, if the main challenge hadn't been so bad, she might have actually won or at least been safe. But yeah, because I, I think that runway that was one of the best runways that they that they had there. Uh, this was so uneven in terms of everything because I feel like a lot of people who did badly in Breast World did really well on the runway and True. kind of. Uh, people who did bad on the runway did well on the challenge, so it was really hard to judge things. Yeah, except for Eureka, who sort of was like middle. She was middling in the challenge, and then like below middling in the the runway. So you know, I mm. Eureka didn't quite. She get. she was going to be on the bottom no matter what. Yeah. Um. So then we saw the actual video of Breast World, which as we said the script sucked there were some funny moments i thought that asia was really good as parasailing and at least like got into things i thought eureka was so, i'm sorry aquaria was surprisingly good with the voices and the, the body language and the reactions to things which i for somebody who always says she's a look queen she actually has some acting abilities so. yeah i really i was i busted out when uh she, at the very end when they're singing can i get an amen and she's yes. doing where my people at all robotically <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's way too funny it's like i should not be laughing at a roxy andrews reference done by aquaria but i am yeah and, I, and also i thought that whatever monet did for monet monet was really funny in that she was, she all was her good. little sides and but that's her thing she's a comedy queen and she knows how to do it so. i think monet came off one of the best aside from asia and a lot of that is because monet was improvising yeah she was because that script sucked and monet knew it sucked and is like i'm gonna come up with better lines yeah, because she's naturally funny. They should. I mean, if they had actually like given them an outline and allowed them to write their own script, I think it would have been, you know, with just like a general outline, it probably would have been better or funnier. Or at least parts of it would have been than what we got. Whoever, you know, wrote this this week needs to be smacked down, especially because they, they tied it in with Westworld. And other than the line about, you know, Trump world and, and the fact that the robot, you know, the cowboy park was completely booked up, that was all we got of Westworld and maybe killer robots. So. But the, the best part, though, of the, of, of the video, though, was at the end with Randy Rainbow coming in yes. and singing the song. It's like, oh, yes, you saved the whole thing, Randy. We love Randy Rainbow. Oh, yes. Everybody should love Ron, Randy Rainbow. He's, he's just the best. And also, I mean, like, whatever political shade was in there was good. But in some ways, it was also a little too grandstandy when Muffy gave her big, you know, love is love is love and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes the message is too much. We get it. Um we support it, but it was just didn't fit mm -hmm. the whole story. So uh, then we got to the critiques um, after we saw the actual video. And uh, I don't know. The, I think the judges were mostly in agreement with us. I mean, Cracker, yeah. her runway was 100%. Her acting wasn't bad. Um, I wrote down that I disagree with Ross, but I don't remember what Ross said. So <laughs> that's not going to help me much. Um but yeah, uh, Cameron with Amazing Runway, and I, you know, I think Cameron was too hard on herself in terms of her acting level. I don't think she was as bad as she thought. We've seen worse actors, you know, acting on Drag Race by other people. Yeah, I thought it was bad, um, personally. It wasn't good. But, but it I, wasn't a good part, also. Yeah, but I was thinking of, like, bad acting was the Shakespeare challenge. Was it from season Oh, seven? God, the Shakespeare oh, challenge. Oh. Nothing yeah, I mean, will be worse than that. Yeah, so we've seen some really, really shit acting. This was just 
not very good. Yeah, um, but honestly, but, it's like I agreed with the judges for the most part. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't find any like commentary or anything that anybody said that I clocked as oh my god. Yeah, what was yeah, that? that was all yeah. fine. Like, I, yeah, I agreed with the judges as well for the most part. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I was a little is that they were clocking Eureka on her acting in, and other than the Ivy Winters thing, I don't see what they were expecting from her either, or how they expected her to make the part more, you know, it was like, oh, you were good, but you weren't Eureka good, and it's like, what does that mean? So I, I kind of understand her frustration later, because sometimes that's like other people's expectations of what you should be doing, and what you're doing, even when you're doing your best, sucks. <laughs> I think part of the problem is she was totally forgettable, so. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't. They never want her to be like forget, forgettable. So, um, I guess we should go to Untucked next. Yes. So while judges are deliberating, we'll go to Untucked. Um, so my first notes on Untucked were angst, 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 and look more angst. But it was also sweet in its way. Yeah, when they first, I think when they first came off stage and they were all in, everybody was in sort of a state of of panic and and, and inner turmoil. So, um, Aquarius was kind of pissy, and I don't don't know why the query was pissy um cracker was neurotic cameron is sad um and she already assumes she's going home as she seems to every week um well she had more of a reason to worry about that this week yeah yeah but it's like yeah i I understand the frustration that came up a little bit later that cameron because she's always her expectations of herself are always so low that she's always like i'm going home i'm going home even when she was she wound up winning she thought she was terrible so (laughs) It's it's kind of frustrating because she does have talent and just she kind of has to push through that. Um, and uh, there's a lot of ego boost time for Cameron, um, which she and then I don't know whether it was the the edit or not, but like Eureka walked in in the middle of the pep talk and I don't know if Eureka actually literally pulled her out in mid sentence or whether it was just a bad edit because it's the other people were talking edit. to her. Yeah, and then they just like pulled her to talk aside, and then we got. Uh, the video from Cracker's mom and sister. Um, and we found out about Cracker's background and the fact that her mom is sick and going blind and just, like, the love there. And that, that made me kind of weepy. Um, oh, yeah. That yeah. was just sad. In a good way. Um, and they were right. I, when I saw Cracker's mom, I was like, oh, my God. They're like, you know, they're like twins. There's a very strong family resemblance. And, yeah. Um, I also liked her sister's Wednesday Adams kind of gothy look there, which I thought was really cute. Huh. So. And I like her sister saying, it's like, now I have two siblings. I have a brother and a sister, so I get to put on makeup with Miss Cracker. And it's like, oh, this. I like the videos from home, I think. I do Especially too. when they're uh, from uh, their their parents or siblings. They, they, yeah, yeah, and especially when they're supportive and it's not a case of, you know, my mom hasn't talked to me in the last five years. And then it's like, oh, look, we've talked to your mom. And it's it's awkward and, and heartbreaking. This was beautiful. And I like, yeah, his sister mentioned that, you know, also, I think she sews also. So she was saying something about helping design costumes. So, yeah, that's like a great family. And but the, the story about his mom's like, oh, my God, I hope she's her sight lasts longer than they think it will, because she seems like a very sweet woman. And, so we got a lot of, also, uh, Cracker was giving a lot of, like, very good, you know, philosophy in life in terms of, you know. Live for the now and, you know, don't, you know. Yeah. And, and be happy when you can. Don't put it off because you may regret it later. So. Yeah. Um, then we had another, uh, Cameron was crying and sort of a, a heart-to-heart between Cameron and Eureka, uh, which I thought was very, like, warm and, and supportive. And 
It was something, you know, a lot of the negativity about Vixen, there's a lot of questioning about racism, etc., and why, you know, a lot of viewers don't like Vixen. But it seems like the people that are left, I mean, it's a mixed group of people. They're not all white. They're not all African-American. And everybody's getting along and everybody's supporting each other. And if Eureka was this horrible, terrible racist, as some alleged fans allege, then I don't think we, I mean, we would know it. You would get the feeling that nobody was like, they would be freezing Eureka out if she was like shooting off her mouth, even off camera. So, mm -hmm. um, and it felt like, you know, Eureka's a good friend to Cameron. And then, I mean, Monet and Cracker are friends, but Monet was giving Cracker a pep talk, assuming that Cracker was going to be the one to, to lip sync. And I, I like Cracker's joke about how it's not David and Goliath. It's the star of David and Goliath. So that, that, that made me cute. laugh. Yeah. 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 And I, I just, there's sometimes, I mean, I love Cracker and I love the bits that I've seen of like review of, uh, the Jew and she's just so funny and sometimes I think that gets lost when she's actually doing challenges which, yeah. yeah which is a shame because like she's as funny and as like sharp as Monet but she just it kind of gets lost sometimes so uh, then we got to the actual elimination round the lip sync for your life yeah so we got that uh, Monet and Aquaria and Cracker were all safe Asia was the winner and then Cameron and Eureka, the both both Tennessee queens, were lip syncing for their lives, uh, and they lip synced to "New Attitude" by Patti LaBelle. Okay, Cameron slayed this lip sync. It's like yes. Eureka did not do badly, but Cameron slayed it. Cameron was just like, I mean, she, if anybody questioned that she was actually a lip sync assassin in way, she's like a ninja assassin because we hadn't seen this. And then she just blew everybody away. And also consider this. She was lip syncing like that while wearing prosthetics. Right. And as we science fiction geeks know, it's very hard to emote when you're wearing a full latex mask. Not from my personal, just listening to actors and other people who do it. But yeah, it's very hard to emote when your whole entire face is covered in latex. Even moving your mouth can be difficult at times. So Cameron fucking slayed it. And when I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, Eureka's going home. Uh, and having the, like, for me, it's like, I love Eureka and I didn't want Eureka to leave. But almost when they announced the double Chante, uh, I was like, um, really? Well, see, well, I thought I heard... they were both good. I thought Eureka was just as good as Cameron, but in her own way. Cameron was doing her lip sync, you know, as the character she was dressed as, I thought. And Eureka was bringing all the moves because she could because she wasn't as, as hollowed up with prosthetics and stuff. And so I think they did both an excellent job. And so it was, yeah, you know, I was really sad that, you know, it looked like that Eureka was going to go home. I thought, I honestly agree with the MC to a point, because I thought Eureka was very good. And the fact that, especially when we had that one spot where we had like the double split, which was just like, you know, whether or not they timed it together or whether it was a coincidence, that looked fucking awesome. And I think, I mean, I heard Rue laughing a lot through the whole thing. So I, I think that Rue, for whatever reason, I, I, and again, you know, I don't think that there's a fix per se, but we've discussed before that Rue it's not favoritism per se, but, but Rue does like certain people and Rue expects things of certain people. And I think she's got a soft spot towards Eureka and Eureka was so good that Eureka got to stay too. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, it wasn't just, Oh, you're, you're so fabulous that you, know, 
you get to stay on your own merit. I mean, she was on her own merit, but it was also because if she'd fucked it up or she'd pulled a Monique and didn't know the words or something, she would have gone home. But the fact that she was really fierce and, and turned it out, there was still some fire and she wanted her to stay. And plus yeah. we get, we have four more episodes to go. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was also, um, I was not sure how many episodes we had left. So I was like, right. how is this going to work out? Like, I, I, I know I keep on saying this and I'm not complaining, but it's like, Oh my God, this season feels like it's so long. Well, I think it is. I mean, I haven't counted the actual episodes at this point. I think we're on somewhere around number eight. Um, yeah. And I mean, also the fact that we had, all-stars right before it so yeah and there was no break so i mean this is the 17th episode in a row so that's a lot yeah um but i i think rue just likes eureka and she she really did do a good job and she like turned it out in terms of you know doing splits and bouncing around on the stage and so she got to stay because it was it was that fierce for Rue. Um, and like I said, I kept yeah. I heard her laughing her ass off the whole time, um, which is always a good sign, you know. And she the way she was like looking back and forth, like eagle eye and kind of like fascinated by both of them. I think she was picking up stuff that perhaps, you know, we didn't because we weren't there. But I so we had a double Shantae and a double stay. And yeah, I, I actually burst out crying when I watched this the first time and Eureka was I mean because there was I mean obviously it's it's reality show so we have to like bring up the suspense and the the tension before we drop the bomb but um I I cried a little bit because I thought Eureka was going home also mm-hmm. so um so she's you know living to stay another day also and we still have the same final six next week um and Eureka looked broken I mean I think she was so shocked that she was staying that it was a good thing. Uh, and then everybody was crying and, uh, you know, then we got a little bit of uh, backstage in the end talk too, after our, our lip sync, which is the, with the two Tennessee queens once again bonding and trying to, Eureka trying to push Cameron into her fabulosity. So we'll see whether or not they both go to the final three because we don't know. So. So it was it was a good episode overall, except for that script. Uh, I wish they had something better to work with because... I was actually excited. I'm a big Westworld fan. And I was like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Oh, oh, the love boat. <laughs> yeah, the love boat. <laughs> and then, of course, Cracker playing Julie, your, your, your recreation officer, your hostess, whatever the heck. The, your cruise the director. And your, your cruising director. Yeah. And she didn't know anything about the love boat, so went right over her little head. Uh, so Well, you know, you know she, she, she's built too low to the ground. The fast ones go over her. I say yes. so, I say. <laughs> Nothing goes over her head. She will catch them. <laughs> so do we want to move on to our C-U-N-T? Sure. Yeah, I think so. So, charisma. For charisma. I'd probably say Asia. Because her performance is uh, parasailing. And also being able to uh, sell her outfit to the judges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she pulled a win out of that where... I would not have given her the win. So, yeah. Um, definitely there. Um, uniqueness, I I think I might go with Cameron for the runway look because it was very different than everybody else's. I mean, they all tried, but she blew them away. I don't know. What say you? Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. No one really stands out to me as being unique this week. Yeah. And then Nerve, I can't think of anybody that didn't Aquaria. 
all right, yeah, just for sheer chutzpah, and I'm, you know, I'm winning, I'm winning. I wasn't in the bottom three, I'm winning. So, yeah. I guess. Yeah, dude, she, she may be the uh, the nerve queen for the, Miss Miss Nerve for the season. <laughs> and then talent. Um, I would go with Monet for being yeah. able to improvise in that horrible, horrible script. Yeah, and actually making me laugh, and, and, and being in the, understanding the character, being in the character, rewriting her own lines to make the character even funny and even for her runway look it, it didn't quite go where it was supposed to go but it was a good idea and it was funny it was, it was a little different so yeah agreed. I would agree yeah. with that too so um, next week we have an episode where we're going to have the social media kings being turned into queens and I only recognize uh, one out of the people in the preview which was Frankie Grande who is the brother of Ariana Latte Grande <laughs> Grande latte, latte, yeah. Grande latte, yeah. I always, I always mix. Screw that joke up. I I, I, I recognize a couple of them, uh, mostly from gifts on Tumblr, but yeah, I I know I've seen like, and also I think I've seen Frankie mentioned on a couple of the gossip sites that I frequent on occasion. Just as like you know when they're talking about people in general. So yeah, well, we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah, yeah, that'll be our big, the big makeover challenge for the season. So. We'll see where that goes. And um, actually, you know, we're, we're coming from the, the future into the past here. So uh, actually, uh, today, uh, the official social media channels already put up voting for uh, Miss Congeniality. Oh. Uh, and they're actually closing as of June 7th, which is one of the reasons I'm mentioning it, because it's basically by the time this gets edited and up, it, it'll probably be a little bit under a week. Um uh, for the, the voting to be happening. So I was really shocked that that was happening so quickly, given we still have six people to go. Yeah, but, it, um, but they're filming on the 7th. You right. know, the, the, the final, the, you know, they're going to need to know who to give the crown, film giving the crown to for that. So I could see why it's that. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I'm dumb. I actually knew about the fi- final because I got an email um, from World of Wonder inviting me, telling me I could get tickets, but of course it's in Los Angeles and I'm on the East Coast. So I was not going to be able to get to California on June 7th, but yeah, they're, they're taping the finale of the day. So yeah, makes sense. That's why the, the voting is ending that day too. So they can make the announcement in front of the crowd. So if you're listening, drag haggers, um, you can go to RuPaul's drag and you can vote for whoever you think is Miss Congeniality. One of 14. And, and, and please vote for an actual person who, who's congenial. Do not, do not be like Valentina's fans and, and, and swap the vote for Valentina just because they stand for Valentina. Yeah, um, that that's probably the most shameless and ridiculous vote ever. But um, yeah, and um, it was kind of when I was looking at all the pictures, I, it's like you said, it seems like we've gone on for so long, I'd actually almost forgotten like half the people, including like, you know, Calorie and Yua and... But you can't forget Miss Vanjie. 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 Yeah, I, I won't be shocked if Vanjie gets it, even though she was only in, what, one episode, because she's become, you know, the meme of all memes, so. And RuPaul's favorite saying, so uh, we'll see. So anyway, until next week, uh, we will say goodbye. So bye. Bye. bye.